What's going on, everyone? Three, two, one. What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the post-game recap sponsored by the Rand Charlie Davidson in College Station. I'm Alex Miller from the Eagle, joined by Travis Brown and Robert Cessna. We're inside Kyle Field following Texas A&M's 20-3 win over UMass. The Aggies snapping a six-game losing streak, a 50-year skid. Uh, Cease, it was pretty ugly, but A&M needed a win in just about the worst way possible. Yeah, it was ugly. The game reminded me a lot of Auburn last week. It's just that A&M won. To me, it was just as ugly, if not uglier. And, uh, you know, there's not much more I can say about this team or this year. They got the win. Okay. I mean, that's what else could you say? I mean, it missed the key personnel again even more. Uh, they, they show flashes. Then you throw in the weather. I mean, it is what it is. They won the game. The, streak, the losing streak's over. I, I will say uh, I give it to Olin Buchanan for kind of the way he, he asked a, a question in postgame because he, he asked about fans who – might consider this game, this win, actually worse than some of the losses that they have had this year because it was UMass who, if you look at some of the athletic and some of the uh, the, the the all BC, uh, FBS team polls, UMass comes in dead last. I mean, a lot of people consider them the, the worst team in the FBS, and they, you know, the the commentators on the SEC uh, Network Plus broadcast were talking about how amazing it was that UMass was able to kind of bully A&M on the line of scrimmage uh, on both sides of the ball, especially through the first half, which is not a good sign. It's it's a win, but it's not necessarily a win that shows that anybody's improved. They've taken it really any step forward, steps forward. It's just a win. And I don't know if anybody can, can feel great about the win. Yeah. I mean, hardly anybody was here to actually see it, especially in the (laughs) second half. I mean, A&M was up 10 to three at halftime and it was like, as soon as the band got done playing, I mean, there was a pretty steady exodus from the stadium. I mean, we we were kind of watching, and Travis, I know you were watching the shirtless dudes in the upper deck of the south end zone just trying their little relay race they were running. I mean, there it, well, it was pretty – Let me pose a question. Yeah. See, I mean, Cease, you've been covering this for a really long time. Can you remember? I know that the weather is a big factor. It is really gross. It's cold. It's rainy. But can you remember a, a, a game that that felt like that? I mean, we were talking about. It feels like a like a spring game. Yeah, the, the, it was hard to say how bad the crowd was. It was so bad because it's it's so big. There's so many areas back there. How many thousands could be in there? Literally, but you look like you were at a high school game of a 2A level, like at Somerville. And I, w- I wouldn't even say that because those stands were full last time I was there. When, anytime you're in a stadium that this is this big and that empty, there just was no people here getting back to is And I'm, I'm chuckling. It's, it's ho- it was a ho-hum victory, but it would have been dump on everybody if they lost. I mean, they had to win the game. Uh, as ugly as it was or, or what have you, they were somewhat in a no-win situation. And that's why the fans didn't show up or left. I mean, we all knew they were going to win. It looked at the end like if they'd have played forever, UMass couldn't have scored unless they gave them the ball. Well, And that kind of reflects on how crazy of a season this is, again, because uh, we don't want to – 
you know, beat the dead horse of Jimbo Fisher's contract anymore. But when the, when, when this happens in the stands, that's usually the sign that you've hit rock bottom. Uh, that that that's usually when you start hearing the rumblings of people making a move. There there isn't going to be a move because of Jimbo Fisher's contract. But but that's case in point of exactly what what the these side effects, the symptoms are of of things starting to happen on typical seasons. Yeah, but here I'll say it last week, and I will stand by. There's very few things I'll stand by, but I'll stand by. Season was over last week. These games we're playing mean absolutely nothing other than, quote, the pride and the kids playing and the youngsters because the fans don't care. The media, we care because you want to wake up Sunday, you want to read something. So we have, it's tough for us to find things to say and read because it's probably not going to be positive because they're not playing well enough. They don't have enough good players. They don't have who knows. But yet there's two games left. Now there's only one game left. Let me, let me pose this question to y'all, too, because it was kind of one of my three takes. And it, it, I will admit, it, it got a little bit beaten down at the end of the game. Devon A-Chain is out today. Uh, second game he missed with that hurt foot. They had Le'Veon Bell and Amari Daniels coming in for him. Those two against UMass, 102nd rushing defense in the nation, again, UMass, did not really impress. And it wasn't until the very end of the game that uh, Le'Veon Bell was able to kind of spring out and, and, and do that. What does this kind of say to y'all about where the running back room is moving forward if Von A-Chain were to go pro next year? LeVayne Moss, because LeVayne and Bell, I mean, it was Moss, Moss right? Moss, right. Yeah. But here, but, 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 yeah, not, you, 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 you went, right. you went, you went, you went cease. You yeah. went cease. Yeah. Here, here's the deal is, yeah, they should have rushed for more. Wasn't impressed with the, with the running game, but I will give a little bit to – the uh, field conditions, because here's the deal. When they break through, whether it be Moss or whether it be Daniels, I think in a dry field, they take a couple to the house because I felt like a was going to have a lot of advantage on speed, even second or third string. But once again, they can't run the football. They didn't run the football against anybody. And it, it wasn't – I don't know what to word, what It wasn't surprising. They couldn't even run the ball against UMass because then they couldn't throw. They couldn't take advantage – because UMass made adjustments and ain't have no weapons in, in in receiving game. I mean, once you take, you know, Max Wright wasn't here, and uh, you know they still Stewart was out, and all these things. There, it was the Auburn game all over a little bit. There's nobody. Once they took away Muhammad, that uh, they figured AM couldn't even move the ball through the ground, the fast, so they can't move the ball through the ground. We're just watching like a junior high team play. I mean, it's just like, okay, you go here, you go there. Uh, it's just, and you're right, they got a lot to do. And I mean, a lot everywhere to do because they're not that good. And injuries and suspensions has a lot to it. But before they started, this when they started this spiral, they had the quarterback they wanted, they had the players they want, and they lost to Appalachian State. They have no one to blame but themselves. And, yeah, it's easy to dump on them. It's just been that kind of year. And the fact that it's raining, nobody was here, it's, it is what it is. You got to consider this too. Until last week, uh, Daniels and Moss really hadn't played a lot because right. A Chain had carried the load. Pretty, he probably. I, I don't. I, I don't have the math on me, but I'd be willing to bet he had at least eighty percent of the carries throughout the season. Oh, yeah. Easily, yeah. Yeah. easily. Yeah. And so yeah. the fact that there really just has been no rotation at running back. One probably indicative of where the Aggies are at running back. Kind of showed today until the very end, and you know. When, when you don't play, 
I mean, you don't have the experience to go out there and, and do it and have, have the have the vision to, to find those holes and, and understand the plays. When the game mattered at the early, A&M had 11 carries for minus three yards. Now, two of them were sacks, but they couldn't even move UMass. And they had, quote, their five best offensive linemen for the last three or four weeks. They had Dewberry in there or, or Newberry, Dewberry. I'm getting this bad. Or Bell. But, you know, it, it is what it is. They're not that good. They can't, they can't move them. And at the end, they scored a consolation touchdown because UMass had given up at that point. They, they said, we're getting our million-dollar check, and we're getting out of here. And so it really, really was a 13-3 game. If UMass decided to punt at the end, it had been a 13-3 game. And it is what it is. It's a W. Move on. Let's get – Let's get LSU done, and uh, let's let's move on to basketball. Well, anything else, guys? Take it to the house. Take it to the house. That's going to do it for us here from Kyle Field. Be sure to check theeagle.com for all of our coverage from Anum's 20-3 win over the Massachusetts Minutemen. For Travis Brown and Robert Cessna, I'm Alex Miller. We'll see you one more time next weekend.